The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, Episode 94. The Chinese and the French sleep more than any other countries in the world, clocking in at just over nine hours per night. Sweet dreams. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that'll teach you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me is the person whose task it is to always roll me out of bed and force me to get up at 1 p.m. when I'm suffering from massive jet lag, my wife and constant travel companion, Heather. Hi, everyone. And guys, today we are touching on a subject that affects everyone who is a traveler, one that is affecting us currently, which is why we decided to record this podcast, and that is the idea of jet lag, the killer, the thing that can really put a huge dent in a trip or vacation that you are taking. We are currently sitting here in Italy. We got up today, Heth, at 11 a.m., which is the earliest we've been up for the past four days that we've been here. Yeah, it's been pretty brutal, which we always feel like it's pretty bad when we travel to Europe. Yeah, and it is bad. It's always worse going east than it is going west. So for us, the two worst times that we've had jet lag have both been when we've been in Italy. I remember last time in January when we were in Italy, we were in Rome. I couldn't go to bed until like 4 a.m. We were getting up at 1 p.m. And it really does put a damper on your trip those first couple of days because you feel like you should be getting up and doing something, but you just can't go to sleep and you can't wake up. Yeah, so we've tried a lot of different tactics for trying to combat this terrible jet lag. And what we're going to do today is we're going to talk to you about a lot of the ways that people tell you that you can help, you know, kind of swing the side effects of jet lag or not have as bad jet lag. We're going to talk about before you go, some of the things you can do, things you can do during the flight and things you can do after you get there. We're going to discuss whether we've tried them, whether we think they're effective, kind of give you an overview of the things that have been effective for us. And hopefully as well, we're people who do struggle with some massive jet lag. As we said, we've been here four days. The first day we went to bed at 8 p.m. and we didn't wake up till 1 p.m. the next day. So just an awful time with jet lag. So if you have suggestions, tips, tricks, things that you do to help fight jet lag, let us know. Extrapackofpeanuts.com slash jet lag. Also, remember, we're always looking for good topics to discuss on this show or great guests. So if you do have suggestions with that, let us know. com slash pods. You can see all the pods that we've done. And then you can let me know, Trav at Extra Pack of Peanuts, or you can tweet us at Pack of Peanuts. We've been getting some really cool tweets coming in with suggestions for shows as well as suggestions for guests. So keep those coming in. All right, so let's dive right into this, Heth. We're going to be discussing the things that people tell you to do to combat jet lag and, again, giving our opinions on them. So let's start with before you go. What's the first thing on our list, one of the ways to combat jet lag before you go? 
Well, I've read that people suggest that before you leave on a trip, if you know how many hours in advance your destination is, to set your schedule back one hour each week, this seems a little bit unpractical. (laughs) Even as people who are struggling from jet lag right now, pretty big time, we read this and we thought, this is impossible, especially if you're traveling six, seven, eight hours difference, setting your schedule back one hour per week I mean, that's going like to be two months in advance trying to prepare for a trip. We're just not going to do that one. <laughs> yeah. So if you can, maybe try that out. Let us know how it goes. That's something that I don't think we'll ever try. I, we should mention too, if we're going within three hours of each other, we don't usually bother with anything with jet lag. So if we're going out to the West Coast or something like that from the East Coast, from our home in Philly, usually for us, jet lag, we say, eh, you know, whatever, within three hours of each other, no big deal. Or if we're not taking a trip longer than three or four days, I generally don't try to do anything with jet lag just because I figure it's not worth it. Yeah, I suppose that's true. All right. Another thing you can do before you go is have all your trip planned and everything packed 24 hours in advance, basically saying, don't freak out, don't stress out the day before you go, have stuff planned, be ready, and be able to have a nice, relaxing, mellow 24 hours before your trip. Yeah, if you're frazzled before you leave, like sometimes we are, it just makes for an unsettled flight and you can't relax, you can't rest. And then when you get to your destination, you're still feeling frazzled. So, I mean, sometimes this is going to be unavoidable, like our last podcast when we were talking about, you know, all the mishaps we had when we arrived in Italy. But as much as possible, it's good to just be really prepared and calm before you leave. Is it possible? Sure. And maybe this is why our jet lag has been so bad because as we mentioned in episode 90, we had a crazy day before we left to come to Italy. Then when we got to Italy, we had a crazy first few hours. So that could be a big reason why we are now on such a crazy sleep schedule because we we never let our mind rest. We never really let ourselves decompress. So definitely something I would suggest people check out and something Heth, we should do for our next trip. Yeah. I mean, leaving for five months is a little different than leaving for a week or two vacation. So we definitely had a lot to get done, but I guess that's really no excuse. We could be more organized. <laughs> for sure. What's the next thing that people suggest? Well, I think this is pretty obvious to most people. Stay hydrated. Drink lots and lots of water. This is included before you leave and also during before, the flight. Before, during, and after. The, when you arrive. The whole time. Yeah. Just make sure that you're drinking lots of water. Being dehydrated can really mess with your internal system. It's a big factor in having jet lag. So the more you, it might not be, if you drink a lot of water, it's not a guarantee that you won't have jet lag, but it certainly will help and an easy thing for everyone to do. The fourth thing on our list here is make sure to bring earplugs and eye masks. We mention this all the time and they're two of the most essential items for us whenever we travel. This again, before the trip, make sure you pack them during the flight. Obviously, if you have earplugs and eye masks, and even after you land, we're sitting here in Italy. We did not know that October was hunting season in Italy, so we're in the hills of Tuscany. And what do we hear our first (laughs) morning here? 
6 a.m., a bunch of gunshots, dogs barking. We're, we're in very rural Italy here, and yet there's people out hunting. Yeah, the and- only time they can hunt for wild boars in the month of October, so aren't we lucky? But yeah, we've been making use of those earplugs in the morning. So a very simple thing, but definitely will help you fight jet lag while you're on your flight, also when you get to your place, because it's just going to help you sleep better overall. All right. And the next one on our list is something that we don't always think about. And I think it's probably a good recommendation. I think it's a big misconception because we had this misconception and we would try to do this and we were figuring we were doing it. Now we figured out all wrong. So it is get a good night's sleep before your flight. Don't stay up all night so that you can sleep on the plane. And sometimes, you know, we're busy, we're rushing around, we're thinking, well, whatever, the less sleep we have, the better, right? Because you'll sleep more on the plane. I guess it's not true. Well, it's probably true that you would sleep more on the plane, but is that sleep going to be good sleep? And for us, you know, if you're flying first class, flying business class, sure, you know, that might be different. You're using your frequent fire miles or points, or you're just independently wealthy, then that's great. You might be able to get a very, very nice sleep on a Singapore Airlines suite with your own queen size bed and 42 inch TV and everything like that. But for most people, if you're flying economy, yeah, you stay up the night before, you might be able to sleep on the plane. But it's not going to be this great sleep. So you're still probably going to be exhausted no matter what when you land. So if you have the good night's sleep beforehand, you're well rested to start. Your body's going to be ready. When you think about it that way, it does make quite a bit of sense. So we have been doing that all wrong because a lot of times we'll think, oh, we're just going to stay up all night. And then the next day we're going to be super tired, which we are. And then we're going to sleep great on the plane and be fine when we get there. Well, we do sleep on the plane, but we're not fine when we get there. So this is one that we're going to have to make an effort to kind of flip around, try to be well rested beforehand. All right. So those are the five kind of things that you can do before you go. Now we're going to talk about things that you can do during the flight. And there's one that came up again and again on all the lists that we research. And this is one that Heather actually does. I think it's really helpful. So Heather, why don't you tell them one of the main things that you can do to help with the jet lag mentally? Well, I had heard, you know, a few years ago when we started traveling a lot, that it's really important to get your mind set into the location that you're going to. And that is mainly the time. Okay. So when you get on a flight, think about what time it is in the country that your final destination is. Even set your your watch to the new local time. And on the plane, try to think, you know, eat when it's that time, that country's time to eat, sleep when it's that country's time to sleep, not the country you're coming from. Yeah, that's that's a great suggestion. I think you can easily set your watch ahead right away and it's just going to help you in the mindset. Again, something that won't make sure you don't get jet lag, but it's just a little thing you can do to help set your mind and your body to focus on where you're going. A lot of the times for us, a lot of times when you're flying to Europe, you are on those red-eye flights. So for example, this last trip, we left New York City at about 6 p.m. and we got into Milan at about 7 a.m. So you're arriving in the morning or the early afternoon at latest in a lot of these places, for me, that's always been the hardest with jet lag because you're arriving tired because you didn't sleep well on the plane and then you're having to stay up for the whole day. So setting your watch ahead can just help you, your mind kind of prepare itself. Another thing that we like to do and that I think is also important is packing a lot of water 
if you can, bringing water onto the plane or drinking, as we mentioned, on the plane, and also some healthy snacks because everyone knows the airline food that you get is not going to be the greatest. It's not going to be stuff that's going to give you a lot of energy when you arrive. It's going to be stuff that makes you lethargic. So a really good thing to do is pack healthy snacks. We're talking nuts, fruits, dried fruits, things like that, so that when you do arrive, you can put some stuff in your body or during the fight, you can put some stuff in your body that's hopefully going to give you some long-term energy. Yeah, that's definitely one of my favorite tips. So then the next one is obviously try to sleep on the plane if you can. As we mentioned, we always bring our earplugs, our eye masks. Sometimes we'll take, you know, some light sleeping aid. Yeah, it's not going to be the best sleep, but it's going to be something. And for us on this last trip, I know, Heth, we were in the air for, I believe, seven hours and 45 minutes from New York to Italy to Milan. And I slept for about two hours of that because I stayed up watching Million Dollar Arm, a Disney movie um, with John Hamm. And then I watched Edge of Tomorrow. And they're both great movies, but I probably should have tried to get some sleep at that point. It was, it was dark. It was at a point where I could have slept. But instead of doing that, I decided to watch two different movies. And I think that really hurt me for them when we landed because I only had two hours of sleep. Yeah, I just couldn't sleep on that flight because my body was thinking, you know, I was thinking Italian time, but, you know, we are late night owls. So in America, we don't go to bed until midnight or later. So I guess And that was basically yeah, when we were landing. That's when we in were Italy. landing is exactly when we were going to bed. So I just, I mean, I slept maybe an hour on that flight. Another important thing you want to do during the flight is limit the alcohol and caffeine that you're putting in your body. This just makes sense because anytime you're putting either alcohol or caffeine in your body, it's going to have an effect on your body's clock. Either it's going to keep you awake, it's going to make you sleepy, what have you. So if you can limit the amount of alcohol and caffeine you're putting in your body, it's going to help your body adjust much quicker to the time zone when you get there. So limit the alcohol, limit the caffeine. Caffeine for me is not a problem. I don't really drink much soda, nor do I drink coffee at all. And I also don't really enjoy drinking alcohol on the plane just because I sometimes have motion sickness and get nauseous anyway. So not an issue for me, but a lot of people I know do love drinking alcohol on the plane. So if you're going to do it, maybe just limit it a little bit, right, Heth? Yeah, definitely. Like maybe just one drink, no coffee. Maybe when you're starting to land, have tea or coffee so that you're alert for what you need to do to get to your accommodation. I did see someone mentioned having chamomile tea as something that would help them sleep. I don't know if that's a known thing or not, but they mentioned having some chamomile tea as a way that they were then able to relax and then sleep on the plane. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, have the sleepy time tea or chamomile tea. I've never found that it works for me, but, you know, suppose if it's something you're used to, it could work. So those are some of the things during the flight that you can help, you know, combat the jet lag early on. Now we're going to talk about things when you land, when you're when you're in the country that you're supposed to be in and when the jet lag is going to be hitting you, what are some things that you can do? And these are probably the most important. They're also some of the hardest to do because when you land, you're already feeling the effects of jet lag. So the first thing that people should try to do, Hath. 
The most important thing is to try to stay up until it's the local bedtime. Now, sometimes this might be impossible. You know, if you're arriving really early in the morning or like us, we had to drive from Milan to Tuscany, which is about a four and a half hour drive. So people say if you do have to take a nap, limit your nap to 30 minutes or one hour. Do not sleep the whole day. Don't go to bed at 4 p.m. and wake up at midnight in the, the new location because then you'll just be up all night. So try as hard as you can to stay up until it is like 9 or 10 p.m. at your destination. Much, much easier said than done. Again, do as we say, not as we do. This is what kicked our butts for this trip. We arrived at Milan at 7.30 a.m. We got the rental car because of a series of unfortunate events that happened. You can hear that in episode 90. We didn't get the rental car till 10. And then we had a four, four and a half hour drive down to Florence. And as we mentioned, we'd only slept two hours on the plane, one hour on the plane. We were totally beat. We got in the car. I started driving and I was just fading very fast. Heather, was trying to stay awake with me in the passenger seat. She was kind of dozing off a little bit. And literally within an hour of getting in the car, we had to pull over. I knew that I was not going to make it the four-hour drive. And so we actually pulled over at a rest area at a gas station. And we slept in the car for two hours. And obviously, better safe than sorry. There's no way we were going to make that four-hour yeah, trip. Yeah, I actually don't think that was so terrible. It's that then when we arrived at our destination, we did stay up. We did have dinner, but like 8 o'clock at night, you know, 8.30, I'm like falling asleep reading in bed. And I think we should have tried to stay up a little bit later because I then woke up at, you know, 4 o'clock in the morning and had so much trouble sleeping for the rest of the morning. So really, I don't even think 8 o'clock is <laughs> early enough um, or late enough I mean, go to bed, try to stay up until at least 10 and maybe take some sleeping medicine. I think that's kind of important. Like you don't have to take a prescription medicine. You can if you want. You could get Ambien from your your local doctor. But even just having like melatonin or, um, you know, Tylenol yeah, I, PM, Tylenol PM, something like that to help you sleep soundly the first couple of nights was really something that helps us. Yeah, I wanted to touch on that real quick. Melatonin is not something we have tried yet, but I've seen it suggested by a lot of people. So if you have tried melatonin, basically melatonin is a hormone that helps set your body clock. And in the US, you can get it over the counter. You don't need a prescription. In Europe, in some countries, it's illegal. Some countries, it's legal. It's not something I've tried, but it is something that I think I'm going to give a shot next time as a guinea pig because it it is legal in the U.S. I'll give it a, I'll give it a try. If any of you have tried melatonin, I'd love to hear your experiences on that because a lot of people go to bat for melatonin and swear by it, and a lot of and then there's other people who say, you know, you shouldn't take it or it didn't work for me, things like that. So it seems to be a little divided. I'd love to know your opinions and your thoughts on that. I do want to give it a try. As Heather mentioned, it's essential that you try to stay up until when would be the normal bedtime and where you're at, but it is very hard. I do think that for us going to bed or taking that nap, we had to do. I mean, there was not, we weren't going to keep driving three and a half hours and it did help us then stay up until 8 p.m. because there's no way I would have stayed up until 8 p.m. had we not taken the nap. I think if you do have to take a nap, as Heather mentioned, two good points there, 30 minutes, try to limit it just so your body gets a little bit of rest and then force yourself to get up if you can, which we did not do. And the other would be try to nap earlier than later. If you're napping from 
10 to noon or 10 to 11, as opposed to from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m., obviously, you're going to be ready to go to bed earlier. So that's something to just try. Not very easy, but if you can stay up, the times that we have been able to stay up to a good bedtime, it's really helped the effects of jet lag um, in a substantial way. The other thing that you can do when you arrive, try to be outside and get as much sun as possible. If you're arriving early in the morning, you're probably going to be tired. As we've mentioned, the sun naturally is going to wake you up. It is going to give you energy. So if you can be outside, if you can get to your destination and walk around the city all day, or you can go out and do some exercise, anything like that, as long as you're outside, it's going to help you stay awake. It seems dumb, but it's pretty obvious that if you go back to your hotel room or your hostel room or your apartment or anything like that, and you sit there and you think, oh, I'm just going to relax for a few minutes, you're probably going to fall asleep. So be outside as much as possible when you get to your destination. Try to stay outside until it's time for you to come back and then go to bed. Yeah. If you're not next to your bed, you won't have anywhere to sleep. So it's better to be out and about for sure. Try to push through it as much as you can. Okay. The next thing, which is Travis, I've never even heard this, but I know that we do this. And so I think this is maybe kind of Travis's own tip is give yourself a reason to get up in the morning. So maybe if you're like us, you know, you need some more extrinsic motivation. You can't just say, well, I'm going to get up and, you know, take a walk around the city. Actually schedule a tour or a meetup with someone so that you, it forces you to get out of bed. Like if you pay money for a tour, you're not going to oversleep and just miss your tour. So that's something that helped us a lot. The last time we were in Italy, we had quite a few morning tours with walks of Italy and we had to get up, you know, by eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah. For us, we know that if we say, hey, we're going to get up in the morning, it's just me and Heather, we're going to get up in the morning and we're going to go into Florence this morning. We're going to get up in the morning and we're going to go out to breakfast or whatever it is. Neither of us will hold each other accountable. Rather sleep. Because we want (laughs) to sleep. So if you can set something outside of you to hold you accountable, whether it's a tour, maybe it's a a conference call or meeting or anything like that with someone at home. I mean, obviously something that you don't have to be totally on top of your game with and super sharp, but set something up so that someone else is relying on you or you've paid money for like a tour. That's going to help you get up. It's going to push you through those beginning, for us, it's usually like 10, 15, 20 minutes even of when we sit there and think, should we get up? No, this, that, and then go back to sleep. That's going to be the motivation to push you through that, get up and go. And then the rest of your day is probably going to be okay. We found that once we're up, it's not so bad. It's the idea of getting up and breaking through that grogginess and sleepiness right in the beginning. Yeah. And another good thing to do is to get out and exercise. I've read that if you exercise in the morning, as soon as you wake up, whether it's a run, whether it's a walk, whether it's a gym at the hotel, just do that even if it's 20 minutes or 30 minutes and then exercise again before you go to bed. Now, not right before you go to bed, but maybe three hours before so that your body can, you know, release some energy and then calm down, have dinner and then you'll be able to rest. Even if the exercise is something as simple as we're going to walk around this city all day. I mean, obviously going out and doing specific exercises is great, but do something that is going to make you then tired because jet lag is kind of a two-way street there in the fact that it's very hard to get up in the morning because you're groggy and sleepy, so you find yourself sleeping very late. But for me, 
just as bad is being able to go to bed on this trip. It has been awful. I've been trying to go to bed at midnight or 1 a.m. and I'll just lay there and I can't go to sleep. And then all of a sudden it's 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. And then it just snowballs because then if you're going to bed at 3 a.m., it's going to be very hard for you to wake up at 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. At a, at a normal time. So if you do something throughout the day that's going to make you physically tired, that's going to help you sleep at night. So we've talked a lot about trying to get up, but exercise is also, as Heather mentioned, a nice way for you to then be able to actually go to bed because you're tired because you've done something. So maybe that is a whole day walking around the city, or maybe it is going for a run or some sort of form of exercise like that. But get out and exercise in the morning to wake yourself up. And then if possible, do something throughout the day or in the evening that gets your body physically tired. And that's going to help a lot. Another good tip is to align yourself with your new time zones eating schedule. So, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, or in some countries, you know, like Spain, they have a big, huge meal for lunch and then a lighter thing for dinner. We find it's usually better to eat a little bit lighter the first couple of days because it gives you a little more energy. You're not eating like this very heavy, heavy stuff that just makes you even more tired and not giving you a lot of energy for the activities you have planned. So yeah, just eating the at normal schedules of the, of the location that you're at. And this hasn't really ever been much of a problem for us, I don't think, Kath. I know for a lot of people, they might get somewhere and they might think, well, it's breakfast time, so I have to eat my normal breakfast food. But in reality, where they are, it's in the evening. For us, we've kind of usually adapted to the eating schedule fairly quickly, but I know it can be an issue for a lot of people because they're coming in and they're thinking, well, I haven't had breakfast and I feel like it's breakfast time, so I'm going to eat cornflakes at 11 p.m. or I'm going to eat pizza in the morning because it's nighttime, whatever. But if you can align yourself with a time zone eating schedule, and as Heather mentioned, not just the foods, but actually the times when they eat their biggest meals, i.e. eating a big lunch in Spain versus a big dinner, things like that, that's going to help you along the way for sure combat jet lag a little bit. Now, these are the things that we've tried or that we've seen mentioned. Some of them have worked very well for us. Obviously, some of them have not worked that well. And we're sitting here mentioning, here's how to combat jet lag, as we will admit that we are experiencing some very rough jet lag in Italy. So as we mentioned, going east is always much harder than going west because you're fighting against your body's clock. So when we've gone to Asia, we've noticed it hasn't been as big a problem at all. And the time difference is much bigger. So you're talking like 12 hours, 14 hours sometimes. So it kind of just flip-flops your whole day, which I find to be much, much easier. But then when we come back from Asia and we land in Philadelphia, that's always a harder transition for us. Yeah, for sure. And so these are things that you can try. If you have suggestions on what we should do, again, this there's no real easy answer. There's just a lot of things to try and see what works for you. And sometimes I've thought that we we're going to have really bad jet lag and we haven't. And then these last two trips to Italy, it must be this country, have just absolutely crushed us, the worst jet lag we've had. So if you have suggestions, Go to extrapackofpeanuts.com slash jet lag. Let us know some of the tips and tricks that you use to combat jet lag. Again, if you've tried melatonin, I'd love to hear from you because I haven't done that. That's something that I do want to try. So that would be great if you could let us know. Have you actually found a few apps? I mean, now, of course, there's a technology for everything. You found a few apps 
that are supposed to help you with jet lag. Give these guys a little bit of an idea of, of what they're what they are and what they are supposed to do. Well, I don't really know very much about them because I've never used them, but there's one called Jet Lag Genie, another one called Jet Lag Rescue. And I think basically these two apps help you create a schedule of when it's time to eat, sleep take a nap or take a sleeping aid like melatonin in order to adjust to the new time zone more seamlessly. So I haven't ever tried them. I suppose why not give it a try? Yeah, it can't hurt, right? It can't hurt. I mean, there's an app for that. There's an app for that. I mean, people use the, you know, the fitness apps to count their calories and tell them when to exercise. If you need something like that to be more organized, there's definitely some help out there with your smartphone or your tablet. And we are always willing and ready to be guinea pigs for stuff. So maybe we'll download this app. Hopefully we sleep awesome tonight now that we have Jet Lag Genie just on our phone <laughs> through through osmosis. Peace we'll put of it, mind. We'll put it under our pillow and it'll just, we'll sleep like little babies at the exact right time. I won't be up till 4 a.m. again this morning. So there you guys have it. Those are some of our suggestions for combating jet lag. Again, let us know yours. Extrapackofpeanuts.com slash jet lag. We appreciate all the support. We are doing five podcasts a week. As you guys know, we've kept podcast gluttony going. So every Monday through Friday, lots of great episodes there. The download numbers are through the roof. We've been getting tons of reviews, um, lots of emails coming in and tweets telling us that, that you really enjoy the podcast. So again, thank you, thank you, thank you for all of that. We really, really appreciate it. If you do have suggestions for guests or topics you want us to cover, let us know. You can email me directly, trav at extra pack of peanuts. You can also tweet us at pack of peanuts. And of course, you can always leave iTunes reviews. Those are super helpful. Today's featured review comes from Future Travel Nerd. Great name, Future Travel Nerd. He says, congrats and a podcast recommendations. Five stars. Congrats on podcast gluttony. Keep it going. Please do a podcast on living abroad and another on tiny houses. Thanks and great job. So thank you, Future Travel Nerd, for the recommendation. Also, thank you for giving us two suggestions on what you want to hear on living abroad and another on tiny houses. The tiny house episode was awesome. So maybe I'll either bring Ethan on or someone else who has done a tiny home to talk about that again. And of course, you've got tons of people who will be coming on about living abroad. Lots of great guests coming your way. So thank you again for the support. Thank you guys for making us the number one rated travel podcast on iTunes. And until tomorrow, happy Happy free free travels. travels.